everybody, welcome to We Turned, we turned Out, out Fine. fine. <laughs> um, thank you for tuning in. This is uh, Naomi from Austin. This is Liddy uh, <laughs> from Houston. <laughs> Uh, Welcome. Uh, my name is Lydia, I think. We. <laughs> you're probably wondering what the fuck this is. Who are these people? What are they doing? Why do we care what they have to say? Why are we talking into this microphone in the middle of my sister's apartment? We're about to tell you. We are. Today well, is Christmas Eve Eve. Happy Christmas Eve Eve. And uh, this is our first podcast. It is. So we've been wanting to do this project for a while now. Um, being sisters, we've had a few conversations over the years. As you can imagine. As you can. As well, I'm sure you'd have with your sisters, I would yeah. hope. Um, we really have wanted to open up our discussions for a long time. because, And I actually feel like we've wanted to, like, should have hit the record button on our phones <laughs> for a lot of the conversations mm-hmm. that have taken place, I'd say, over the last... What are we going to say? Like 10, 7? Our whole life. Our whole life. But, but yeah. Okay, let's not count like before, like before you were 15, let's not count those years. <laughs> they were the, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, you know, I don't think I we mean, really there's... started like getting along. Until... Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, now I see what you mean. Yeah. But uh, once we started realizing that we were the only sisters we had and we, sh- we have a lot more in common and we stopped fighting over everything. Yeah. We were like, hey, we actually have really great discussions and and have been a good support system oh absolutely yeah so there uh so we really wanted to open up a conversation that cornered in on the issues that really kind of confront us in our daily lives Mm -hmm. and those really revolve around um our faith our feminism and mental health and just you added fuckery in general. Because yeah, fuckery abounds. You can't avoid it. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, there it's are... It's 2018, folks. There are a lot of um, lives that affect us, things that we think about as far as society, t- topics, a lot of the things that we will be discussing will somehow be loosely related to spirituality, feminism, politics, because, of course, there are ways in which all three of those topics are intricately interrelated. Yeah. And it's life, of course. So all of those things affect our life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about is some real life stuff. It's true. I think we have, um, obviously we have a similar background. We were raised <laughs> same, same womb, same womb. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, very conservative upbringing in Houston, Texas. Mm. Um, we kind of, uh, and and we were definitely raised kind of with this idea that there is, you know, a certain path in life and you either, you know, you're in that path or you're off that path. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing I, I would say is that we both ended up in different places. We've both, you know, seen the spectrum kind of expand and have even ended up different in different places ourselves. Mm-hmm. And our relationship, I really think, has actually Only given us stronger. a lot of language mm-hmm. to deal with how we see the world and how we see ourselves in the world. Yeah. And so we had the idea for this first episode to introduce, Naomi had the idea, I should say, to introduce one another instead of introducing ourselves to, uh, for her to introduce me and then I will introduce her. 
okay. as who we are, to let you guys know a little bit more about us and who we are as sisters. All right. Well, I'll start by introducing Lydia, my younger sister. Um, how do I... Uh, Lydia was born... <laughs> well, Lydia was born, and in the, the big thing was that she had this flash of red hair. And so, for, for her whole life, Lydia has been pretty noticeable. Mm. And this is a big thing, because if, you know, if and when you meet us, you're going to look over and see one who's six foot one and has bright red hair, and that's <laughs> Lydia. She has always walked through life very noticeable. Like a sore thumb. <laughs> and this has shaped a lot of her perspective mm. in the world, and... Um, her own sensibility as being somebody who's very exposed and very visible. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank so, you for acknowledging that. Yeah, no, I mean, this is something that... That's what this is here for. <laughs> you talk about a lot, yeah. is being um, super noticeable and what that feels like yeah. to be noticed for everything. But also, I would say Lydia is a very talented artist, a very talented linguist, um, she, at age 17, decided to enlist in the United States Navy and uh, uh, pursue a career in language. And she served our country for five years. And at some point, uh, Lydia will probably talk more about what that experience was actually like for her. But I'm very proud mm-hmm. of uh, what she accomplished because I think it's only made her stronger and uh, shaped her more, even though the Navy was not what we were expecting. I literally was, I was already left, I already left home by that time. Lydia was 17. She calls me. I'm literally on a mountaintop in Washington. We're having this conversation. And she tells me, yeah, so I'm thinking of joining the Navy. And I'm like, you're thinking of what? Because I was like, you should just go to art school in San Francisco or study music, study art, study, you know, whatever. You can do whatever you want. And, you know, the idea of her going into the, you know, a structure like, you know, the Navy or the Army, any type of the armed forces, like, that's not you. But more on that later. More on that later. More on that later. Maybe a whole episode on that later. Um, and I thought this is going to blow over in like a month. In, a, in like a month, she's going to change her mind and she'll do something else, whatever. No, at 17, she enrolled in the Navy and I was living in Chicago at that time. Lydia did her basic at uh, Great Lakes. And so we were uh, able to see, still see each other. Honestly, I think the time that I came up there and saw you graduate from basic training, like we both cried. It was mm-hmm. like one of the most emotional experiences mm-hmm ever because we'd been kind of we hadn't seen each other in a long time um and it was a really formative time Mm -hmm. in her life um Lydia was you were discharged you were honorably discharged yeah I did my five and got out in uh 2013 Mm -hmm. moved back to Houston Texas Mm -hmm. she pursued a uh degree in Spanish Mm -hmm. from the university in downtown, uh, college that I briefly went to. And Lydia really has a passion for languages and a passion for how language works and how language affects people and different language and 
how that looks in different societies. And you never, she got all nerdgasmy over, what was that, Trip the Light just Fantastic? So, uh, What's that called? Itty Bitty Sidebar. We just saw Mary Poppins. Yes. And there's a whole song called Trip the Light, Light Fantastic. Fantastic. And I had heard that phrase only once before in the movie Inglorious Bastards, where Diane Kruger's uh, character says it in, in French or whatever. And we looked it up just now, and I find I learned a new thing about language that I didn't actually know before, that that idiom is specifically cat I'm about to get nerdy. I know again. you're doing it right now. That it's an idiom <laughs> to trip the light fantastic is an idiom, a specific category of Id- idiom that is apparently called a katana. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but that's just katana C-A- or katana or C A T E N A. And apparently katana. that means that it's an idiom in which uh, the meaning of it can only be significantly and completely understood when you look at the entire idiom, so you can't like dissect it. It, it no longer has meaning if you break it up. Anyway. Anyhow, um, that's the type of stuff that I get to hear her talk to about. <laughs> that's not words. That's the type of stuff that I get to listen to my sister talk about. <laughs> um, Lydia has been um, extremely strong and extremely open and vulnerable about um, her mental and her physical and emotional health. Um, we're both very sensitive people, but Lydia more so. And she has been she has been on this incredible journey of not trying to stifle or um, contain her emotional emotionality, but really um, has been so super brave in exposing that and being open and vulnerable and inspiring others to do the same. And I think in a world you know, is telling us to go to the mattresses and a world is telling us it's not personal, it's just business. This really flies in the face of this duality that we put aside our emotions. And I'm extremely proud of that. We both, you know, talked about in our own ways about dealing with mental health, dealing with depression, anxiety, um, and how to have a good conversation about that. Um, and so I'm proud to introduce my, my, my baby sister, Lydia, to the podcast. Mm-hmm. One of our hosts. Yeah. My heart. Thank you, Naomi. You're welcome. And so, yes, so this is Naomi, and she is the oldest of three children. And uh, she was born three years before me. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, we might we might talk a bit more about like our our siblings and our little family dynamic at another point. But uh, Naomi has always been obviously she's always been the oldest, the oldest, <laughs> and so she of course has always been a role model and an inspiration for me. And of course, like when you're young, young kids, it's kind of like you just want to copy whatever your sister is doing. And um, we we both have very artistic natures, and so. Um, her just being older and developing her artistic nature naturally just three years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was always an inspiration in terms of um, doing things like theater and, and dance growing up and really just cultivating her artistic talents. And her dad is also a bit theatrical. <laughs> and um, I remember one of the first, one of the earliest memories of like you doing anything artistic was the, the Aesop's the fable, The Lion and the Mouse, yeah. that there was a, a little drama church sketch at the church we would go to when we were kids. And, you know, and Naomi was the mouse and dad was the lion. And the, that's some of my um, earliest childhood memories is that big old lion suit. Mm-hmm. And then you had your little, your itty bitty little mouse costume and your little ears and your little makeup. And yeah, Naomi has always been an artistic person. 
doing theater and and singing we're both um, you know not just musical artists but performing artists visual artists um, we're thankful that our, our mother also cultivated our love of visual art and mm-hmm. and things like that and so yeah um, Naomi's also always been an inspiration to me because she um, will just throw herself into her art and into her work and and become like completely dedicated and so like she was always doing theater in high school and and then in college she got into not only um, you know being on stage but helping out backstage and actually being like a costume mistress wardrobe mistress um, creating costumes being the seamstress you know like really just creating costumes building costumes um, and doing incredible things like that and like consulting and stage managing and yep. um, <laughs> which which then I forayed into temporarily myself as well. Um, we had a lot of fun conversations mm-hmm. when I would hear when you would call me and tell me about <laughs> crap. Yeah, I would complain about my stage manager struggles and she would tell me horror stories oh about her God. stage manager struggles. It was just like, oh, thank goodness yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> and so it, it might seem as though, you know, um, Naomi was pursuing art, arts and music and, and creativity like first and then I was just copying her. But um, no, we are, we are both just very, very musical, artistic people. And we're also both... Um, Enneagram fours, which I think we will do, we will probably have a, a much more expanded discussion on the Enneagram and, yeah. and the four type that we both share at another point. But, um, and as you can imagine, like, like Naomi said, you know, there was definitely a time where we didn't really get along. And I think that, uh, that can, that can happen a lot when two people are very similar in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that, to realizing that, like, Sometimes when you have a lot in common with another person, it can, um, as opposed to bringing you closer, sometimes it can put you at odds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sisters growing up. Um, it's just a common dynamic. And during puberty, oh my god. Yeah, but also, yeah, if you're fighting and... against your other, your type to claim your space and claim your identity, yeah, it and can then, be really, really... Ooh, we could get into, you know... Um, just like being females and how the patriarchy fits pits females against one another for competition. Oh um, my that's gosh. a whole discussion that we could get into. But oh, yeah. we will save that for another time. Anyway, um, so Naomi has has always like inspired me by um, you know we went to the same high school and so I was kind of seeing her doing dance, seeing her doing theater, and then that inspired me to kind of follow in her footsteps. Um, and then she went off to college, and she pers- she went uh, she did something that just was so brave and you know I was confused about it at the time when it happened because I was still a teenager and I was just like what why what's happening yeah but she she just straight up you know graduated high school she did a year at, at UHD here in Houston and then she just up and moved to Canada um you you like went and moved you visited the mountain first. No, I went to Canada first. You went to Canada. The mountain was in between Canada and And you were and in Alberta. Yeah. And that was like a special, like, wasn't it more like a concentrated Bible it was study a one, program? It was a one-year Bible college. Right. Um, that no longer exists, unfortunately. But yeah, it was just a one-year. And then the credits transferred mm-hmm. to my school in Chicago. Yeah. So from... four years. From the one-year Bible school in Canada, she she moved down to Chicago and then, you know, uh, continued to pursue a degree in theology and biblical studies. And what has always, always impressed me just so much about that course that she took was all the bravery 
all of the boldness and how much trust that you had in yourself and in God to take care of you, you know, because like you were seven, you were really, what, you were like 18, 19, you were, I was 19 when I left Houston. Yeah. And, um, and we can go into the backstory of, you know, what was going on in our family at the time, whenever you feel comfortable talking more about that. But I just knew that it took so much guts and so much bravery and so much trust for her to completely uproot herself and, and decide to go, you know, completely across, um, the continent pretty much. And, uh, and really she, she built a life for herself from scratch. And that is always something that I, that I am always so proud of and inspired by and impressed by when I think about my sister, Naomi. Thank you. And, um, yeah. And, and then she, you know, also not to, I hope don't take this in the wrong way, but the bravery of choosing the degree that you chose, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, of, of choosing to study theology and biblical studies. And, um, but you, I mean, you were doing theater and doing all kinds of other things. And, um, and Naomi is also, um, a very, very passionate advocate and activist for, you know, cycling. And, um, and that's something that I'm also very proud of. And that came, that sort of came about, you know, and you can talk more about this at your leisure, but, um, I imagine that that came about because of, just the uh, the lifestyle of living in Chicago, it, pretty much yeah. because it was more of a started out more as a means of necessity, right? Rather than like I'm gonna fuck, fuck this, drivers and this is just gonna be my life now. No, yeah, um, no, it was it was like they yeah, gotta start somewhere, but yeah, way. it turned into something that has become such a big and important part of your life Thank you. because it's that's it's so impactful. Mm-hmm. It's a it's really a way of resistance because. It's a way of rebellion and a way of resistance because not only are you making an impact environmentally by choosing to commute in the way that you do, um, you're also, like, that is contributing to your physical health. That's, like, your exercise. And so it's, like, there's so many things that go into the cycling. It's a way for you to, like, bring the plight of the little, the little man, if you will. In this case, the little man is the, the cyclists and those who those who we share the roads with who are not in motorized vehicles, right? Mm -hmm. And so often the majority, which is those who are driving vehicles, you know, we think that they don't deserve a spot on the road. We think that they don't deserve a place at the table. And we can uh, transfer that same... That's Macy, by the way. Welcome. My dog. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Macy. We can transfer that same dynamic, that same kind of dichotomy into all sorts of other social issues where there's a, a marginalized minority and then there's a majority who thinks that that marginalized minority does not have a seat at the table, does yeah. not deserve a seat at the table. And so I think it's really great that, um, you know, cycling is one area where you have been such a champion and such an advocate um, and an inspiration. And again, it goes back to bravery because, you know, it's fucking scary on the roads even in a car. Yes. <laughs> and and so, you know, I, I can't imagine how, how scary it could it can be and must be sometimes to be a cyclist sharing the roads with those with um us crazy drivers. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh Naomi continues to um to cultivate the things that she is passionate about. She moved down to, back to Texas. Um she moved down to Austin four years three ago? three and a half years ago. And so she's, we're so happy that she's back here and closer to us. 
um, and that Austin is much more of a cyclist-friendly city so that she's able to, to still keep that very, very important part of her lifestyle. And she also is a leader in a Bible study. A Bible study. A Bible study that will be unnamed. Yes. We will be maintaining certain points of anonymity in on. just certain on just certain things. For now. For respect of respect to ourselves and others. But yeah. And so just the fact that she continues to be a leader in in the things that she's passionate about is very inspiring to me. Yeah. Yay. And Thank that's you. my sister Neil. Thank you. There's probably more that I could say, but I think no, I, I that's that's very nice. <laughs> Ew, I love you. I love you too. <laughs> okay, See, so we're sisters and we love each other. We love each other. <laughs> so how do we get here? Mm-hmm. That's really the big question we really want to talk about in this first episode. Is now you know a little bit who, how the fuck did we get here mm-hmm. on the internet? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, we kind of grew up um, and. and you know, you obviously can tell a little bit from our story. We definitely grew up um, in and around the church. Um, we grew up with a very conservative mindset as as sort of the uh, the starting point. And I will say, per, for myself personally, going to Bible college and also going to um, really study the Bible. Um, even before then, I was already asking questions. I remember when I was about 16, I started writing a study. Um, and I don't have it anymore. I wish I did, but I literally did. I wrote a outline of a study because at 16, I was asking questions like, what does God want for women? What does um, What can we learn? And I was asking questions like, about feminism um, and and Christianity, I was asking questions about how do how how can we talk about the Bible and also body image, you know? And of course, at sixteen, it was not a very thorough, but but I mean, I already had a lot of questions, and I was even outlining, going through every woman. Literally, I tried to find every woman in the Bible and isolate their stories one by one. I think I did a pretty good job for a 16-year-old high school student. Oh, yeah. Um, I wish I still had my notes <laughs> that I wrote out, um, but I um, was already kind of in this, what do women and God and what does this all look like in life for me personally? Um, And then I ended up going to Bible college. And fortunately, I I feel really grateful that I grew up in a church and then went into a program that really encouraged um, questioning. It really encouraged everybody to kind of wrestle and not just settle for cookie cutter answers. It really wanted us to like stretch our faith. And I, I was, I still have people in my life from the time when I was a teenager all the way through now, through college through now, that are still in my life, that are still kind of a few steps ahead of me, kind of shaping and trailblazing out how to live this life that where you're you're seeking God, you're seeking this good thing, you're seeking the highest possible good in what we believe is Jesus Christ and also actively engaging in the world that we live in and looking at looking at the world we live in critically with both eyes open um yeah 
So, and, and I was super fortunate that I actually would say that my deconstruction started right there, probably started in Bible college because I realized, I was realizing as we were kind of learning about church history, but also the structure of the Bible, how the Bible was written and Jewish perspective. Mm. My goodness, guys, we really need to start listening to the Jews. Mm. <laughs> um, that so much of kind of a, what we clump into our evangelical um, Christian beliefs, a lot of it is really excessive and is different than what scripture says. And I was just like, oh, well, actually, I can just disregard some of these extra things. I can start unbuilding and I could start getting down to what are the really core important things, the really key elements of faith and scripture and tradition. Unlearning. It was, it was, and I felt totally safe doing that. Mm. I'm, so, I'm, and I know that not everybody has had that experience. I want to honor that, um, but I, I feel really fortunate that I did have a great um, experience and had great teachers who taught me not to be afraid of getting everything right. Mm. You know, absolutely. And uh, that really did spur on. So a lot of the things that you know have kind of shifted on. Particularly, I'd say my stance about uh, LGBTQ um, Christians or just L- the LGBTQ community in general, how to understand um, what it must be like to be a non-binary, non-cis, or non-gendered person um you know those conversations actually started within the church for me that's great my 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 definition of how i look at being pro-life now that also started within the church you know a lot of these things feminism um what it means to be equal um what it means to be a woman be an equal partner um, an idea of mutuality that all started again <laughs> in this um, community and so it felt very safe to ask these questions and to kind of um, what broaden my horizons um, and that's one of the things I, uh, that actually makes me feel very confident it's like listen you know this is not like I'm going you know necessarily to like the outside I don't know. I don't want to see the outside world, but you know, going to like down the back alleys and being like, I'm just gonna go do all the bad things, and like that's how I'm gonna get my experience. It's like no, these conversations are coming up organically, and and did for me particularly in my faith context, and have kind of led me into a place where I, I personally now, you know, I I still have kind of one foot in evangelical Christianity and then another foot kind of in more, a more progressive stream. And I feel, I, I constantly do feel like I'm kind of pulling, holding the two intention. And this is a really interesting time in 2018 to do this, to mm-hmm. see uh, a lot of women uh, really coming up and out and um, having these conversations and being honest about what it's been like to be a woman, mm-hmm. especially a woman leader in the church. I think Beth Moore coming out this past year. Yes. I've been, I met Jen Hatmaker um, ever so briefly um, uh, at Austin Austin Channing Brown's book book signing. Uh, for those of you uh, who are interested, Austin Channing Brown wrote a great great book this year, and. Um, 
And then, of course, I think one of the big inspirations, and, and Lydia, I'll hand this over to you, I think some of the biggest inspirations for us have been uh, Michael Gunger and Mike McCarg, uh, the liturgists, as, uh, so also Hillary Bride and uh, William Matthews, so the hosts of the Liturgist podcast. Mm-hmm. This has been something that we have been... Um, How long have we been... We've been bonding over that for, I'd say, that. about three years now. Has it? I'm yeah. going to say three years. Wow. Because I remember we listened to Science Mike's story back on Spoonie's porch. Right. And that wasn't even the liturgists. That, that was, was just... actually, I was listening to um, a pod, I was listening to the Woodland Hills Church. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm so sorry, Woodland Hills, if anyone is listening. I forget where your church is located, but, um, and I forget even how I found out about that podcast. Someone recommended to me, or I found it somehow, the Woodland Hills they record, you know, their sermons and they post the recordings of the, the sermons as a podcast. And so I was listening to, uh, at least I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the one. Yeah, and Mike, Mc, right. Mike McHarg, a.k.a. Science Mike. Not our dad. <laughs> we need to go into this later. <laughs> That's an inside joke. We'll explain. <laughs> we will explain later. But um, he, he was the featured speaker at that particular sermon and he was sharing his story um, coming from a Southern Baptist church. And then he always just had this, like, love for science, and he shared this incredible story of his own kind of, like, uh, coming to terms with, you know, going through a a loss of belief in God, mm-hmm. and then finding that belief in God, or finding a way to, for him to reconcile, you know, his love of science and everything that science can give us certainty about, and reconciling the uncertainty of, you know, of God. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, that, that was a big... Um... I think that has cultivated a lot of conversation and a lot of language for us. You're right. That was 2015 that I heard that podcast. And so I don't, I haven't been listening to the the liturgists podcast for that long. Um, Maybe about two years that I was listening to the liturgists podcast. But yeah, the liturgists, um, the Woodland Hills, even though that is, you know, that is literally a church sharing its sermons, but um, I, I very much appreciated um, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember the name of the pastor either, mm-hmm. but the pastor, you know, um, at least in 2015, who was giving the sermons and putting out podcasts, um, I definitely um, reaped a lot of wisdom and a lot of sort of helpful tidbits from, from what I got from those podcasts and those those things. And um, who else was I going to mention? Um, so there is a an incredible woman who I will name her name and her podcast because I want to shout her out and anyone who might be listening who has not already heard of the podcast, Cameron Deason Hammond, um, who I met at the Houston Vineyard when I was going there. She would, um, you know, be sort of like a guest praise and worship, um, you know, performer. And she also spoke to us in our youth group. And so obviously this was when I was in youth group and she kind of shared her story with us. And, um, and I, it, not to, you know, try to tell her story for her, but I know that in the past year she's written books, um, and she also has incredible albums out. She's just an incredible musician, author, and she's been doing a podcast called The Ish for, um, I think over a year now, maybe even, um, maybe even longer than that. And her, her podcast, The Ish, is called that because, you know, she really wants to hold space for that tension. Just like you said, having tension between being progressive and then being Christian, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's really what she focuses on, um, is the tension and not just with, um, you know, progressive social values and Christianity, but, um, you know, all kinds of things that might seem contrary or might seem to, 
um, you know, all, all the kind, all sorts of liminal spaces in life is, I think, what the description on the podcast, the little intro, talks about. Yeah. And uh, so I highly, highly recommend. Um, you know, if you're listening to this, then you're probably the kind of person who would be very interested in listening to the ish. So please look that up. It is, uh, yeah, just T H E I S H by Cameron Deason Hammond. Um, definitely check her out. And so, yeah, she's another source of inspiration where, um, yeah, she, uh, thoughts, words. We should get back to what, what, what led you to where. That's where I'm trying to go. That was one source of inspiration. But, um, as far as sort of like how, how my faith has changed and what, what led me to want to do this podcast with you, really, um, not only just that we have such great discussions a lot and we feel that, you know, maybe others would like to hear our thoughts and and join in on our discussions, but Mm -hmm. also having a forum for sharing perspectives that I think would be helpful. Yeah, just like perspectives that are not black or white, you know, Um, and asking questions. And and I love to say this as, as a Scorpio and just as who I am as a person, and I, I definitely appreciate the way that you described me. Who I am as a person is I like to get right to the pain. I, I like to get right to the problem, right to what everyone else wants to not talk about. Mm-hmm. And so really, that's um, I, would, I would like this podcast to be a place where we can talk about all the kind of stuff that all the other people in the world don't want to talk about. And not that all of them, because there's plenty of people who do. Yeah. But what I mean by that is the stuff that most people get uncomfortable about, you know? Because that's the whole reason we need to talk about those things is because people get so uncomfortable when you talk about politics, religion, sex, feminism, abortion, spirituality, is there a God? You know, all of these things. You know, that's the reason that they, they, you know, there used to be that saying of like, you know, just never discuss politics, never discuss religion, never discuss sex, mm-hmm. never discuss your finances. Yep. Um, but why not? You know? And the reason why not is because, yes, there's a lot of private, you know, there's so much privacy and, and so much, like, they're, they're very, they could be very personal subjects. But um, this is a theme... A theme that I think is is absolutely true no matter what you believe, whether you're a Christian or whether you're a Buddhist or whether you're an atheist. I think that something that we can all agree on is that in this universe, in this life, whatever is hidden will be revealed. Whatever is, is kept in shadow, is kept in the dark, at some point it will come into the light. You know what I mean? And so I really, yeah. I really like us allowing this podcast to be a place where we can safely, honestly, openly discuss hard topics and, and the kind of things that people don't want to talk about and making space, as Cameron says, for, for that tension, the ish, the, the, the in-between, you know? Yeah. Um, and just being, being open about asking thoughtful, considerate questions that will hopefully help us to sort of change our perspectives. And our aim is, is hopefully for the better, that, that any perspectives that might be changed would be simply widened, broadened, in the hopes of us being able to be better humans to one another. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. So yeah, that's what we're going to try to do here. So, um, cause we don't, we're not going to claim to have any like for sure answers. No, we're not experts in anything. Yeah. I mean, we have, we definitely have areas of, of expertise and areas of experience and areas of study where both of us, you know, feel quite confident and we might have, you know, a lot to offer, Yeah. but we're, you know, we're figuring this life out just the same way as anyone else is. And you know, what we really would like to do is, is would like to do <laughs> what we'd really like to do is you know not try to preach or or try to make this a podcast where we're trying to tell anybody what's right or wrong or how to live or how not to live but instead to ask questions about what is right what is wrong how can we live how maybe should we not live and um and we also intend to have some guests on and open up our discussions and have other people involved in those discussions and yes. people from different backgrounds different walks of life people who've experienced different things because, you know, we are both two Caucasian, middle class, you know, um, straight women, you know, coming from a conservative Christian background. So even if we've done our own growing and changing, you know, we're still going to have a, a somewhat limited perspective. And we want to open that up and make this a place where we can, you know, um, respect and value and, and hold space for all kinds of perspectives. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope that you will join us. And, you know, um, we hope that you will reach out to us with questions, with concerns, with your own experiences. You know, if, if something that we're talking about you, you are really passionate about, you have questions, you have comments, you want to get on on the discussion, that's what we want. We want to create space to hold discussions about the tough things in life. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, um, coming from our, our perspective, especially having to do with spirituality, um, politics and where feminism fits in with all of that. So yeah, um, we will have social media. <laughs> Eventually. We will have um, a website. Eventually. <laughs> and what's probably going to happen is I will, once we have those things and we have addresses and places to send you, I Handles will, and such forth and I whatnot. I will re-record over this and replace this with a recording that's giving you that information. And that time is now, folks. You can reach us at weturnedoutfine at gmail.com. Visit our website at weturnedoutfine.com. You can reach us on Twitter at weturnedoutfine or Instagram at WTOF podcast. Um, should we explain why Mike McCarg is not our dad? Yeah, might it's as well. kind of funny. Inside joke. I uh, So we went to a liturgist gathering back in, what was that, April or May? June. It's in June? Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, it was in June. It was, June. it was in... Real quick sidebar. Lydia was wrong. It was actually at the very end of May. Okay. It was in Austin. Um, so uh, I bought tickets. Lydia came. We went. Mike tried to hypnotize us. Uh, Lydia wasn't there for that part. I missed it. So uh, just in... So there was a point, you know, we went up and got a picture. We got like a double selfie situation going. Ooh. And I post that on Facebook. And uh, then my one of my best friends commented, she's like, oh, I like that picture of you guys and your dad. And the funny thing is, like, when I when Mike was on stage talking and, you know, sitting out in the audience and I, I'm not wearing my glasses most <laughs> of the time. And it's just the coloring, the stature, the coloring, and his wardrobe choice are all mm-hmm. very akin to what our biological father 
Yeah. Um, looks like and wears. The coloring is yeah. the same. Even like, he, even he's Scots-Irish and we're Scots-Irish. I was about to say that if anyone's kind of familiar with what, you know, um, you know, a Scots-Irishman with the sort of like dark brown hair, but like bright, bright red ginger red beard, beard and kind of like the ruddy cheeks, you know, like a, like kind of pink cheeks. I don't know if dad actually shares that with him, but Mike McCarg does have very lovely pink uh, yeah un, yeah pink undertones um, yeah well pink I, at, at any rate because definitely the pink undertone and the pale skin and does he have blue eyes as well i don't think, I think so he has brown anyway think, he looks a lot like our dad they both wear glasses they both yeah it just it's one of those things that's like from far away you kind of yeah. do a double take if and it's like is that, your... is that no, but and it's i'm like not. it's totally and not our dad so so grateful for that anyway yeah. um so yeah, that's us. That's and, us. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And we're going to try to put out some episodes pretty much bi-monthly um, for right now. So yeah, um, stay tuned if you would like to subscribe and, you know, put on notifications for whenever we put out new podcasts. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about all kinds of things. We'll have some episodes coming up where we will talk um, more about... Um, feminism type specific things such as the abortion debate so I know you all are so excited and can't wait for that my god Um, we will be talking um, about other things having to do with spirituality Um, we might even do an episode where we kind of share you know where we're at in our spiritual journeys because like you said we we haven't exactly ended up in the same place you know Um, yeah we we believe slightly slightly different things but we believe in the same things that the things that we think matter. We believe the same things. I I, I think so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> we believe that we believe the same, the things, same things that we believe. We believe that we think are important. We believe in. But we're gonna talk about what we believe in. We believe. Um, we're gonna talk more about what got us here, and I think we're also gonna talk more about mental and emotional health. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's a huge and, thing. And health. Yeah. yeah, and I might edit this to put this little bit that I'm, I'm about to say back in, in another portion of okay. our discussion earlier, but um, this will also be a place where I feel, I will feel comfortable uh, sharing some very, very personal uh, health, physical and mental health struggles mm-hmm. that I have um, thought about sharing with the world and really like opening up about um, on a bigger platform for a few years now, I've thought about it. Um, I was thinking about doing YouTube, but I actually, I think that this, um, a good forum to start out with as far as sharing visibility and just making something that's, again, something no one wants to talk about. No yeah. one wants to hear about it. We're going to talk about shame on this podcast. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to lay it all out. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So look forward to that because secrets, dirty tea will be spilled. Oh my gosh. Dirty oh. tea will be spilled. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, um, Naomi. This is Lydia. We turned, we turned out, out fine. fine. <laughs> you can reach out to us on Instagram at WTOF Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at We Turned Out Fine. You can go to our website, WeTurnedOutFine.com, or email us at WeTurnedOutFine at gmail.com. And in the end, we turned out just just fine. fine.